0: Moncrief on News Talk.
1: Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.
0: Stuff that changed the world. The mobile phone, the internet changed the world.
1: Penicillin, I would have
0: thought. I would say sanitation. It changes everything. Simon Tierney uh, joins us once again to talk about something neither he nor I have any use for, given our bodies are so felt and perfectly formed. Uh, it is, of course, the girdle. The girdle, yeah. yeah. It's,
1: it's interesting that you mentioned that, Sean, because we kind of imagine it as something that you put on if you want to, let's say, redistribute some holiday weight yes. around the body. A little yes. bit of Christmas manoeuvring. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, that's what a kind of, you know, you think a girdle is. But for most of its history, it had really nothing to do with uh, bodily weight distribution at all. Um, it was variously um, a religious relic uh, to help with the delivery of baby, or uh, most of the time it was simply a fancy belt.
0: Right, OK. I thought, I always kind of thought, I assumed it was... Sort of an old-fashioned spanks, uh, really. Which well, is... let's
1: let's let's go to the Bible first, right? Okay. If I was to say to you,
0: "Gird your loins," John, yes. what would you do? I, I see. I thought that you would kind of <laughs> stiffen your legs, getting ready to leap into battle.
1: Uh, um, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, you would. If I said, "Gird up your loins," I would be telling you to be prepared that something is about to happen. Yeah. Or literally, to get ready for battle. Mm. And that comes, uh, it's in Proverbs in the Bible, uh, gird up now thy loins. And um, what it's referring to is the tunic or the tunic that would have been worn um, in antiquity, which was very difficult to do any manual labour in um, if it wasn't properly girded. Okay, And this means that the girdle was acting like a belt, right? So if you were ungirded, um, say in ancient Rome, if you weren't wearing your girdle, it probably meant that you were on holiday or you'd finished, you'd clocked off for the day and you were home. Kind of like we might loosen the belt a little bit when you get onto the okay. couch of an evening. I kind okay. of let it all out. <laughs> so, um, but if someone said to you, gird up your loins, that would mean that you would take the tunic and you would wrap it around underneath your legs and pull it up and then put the the girdle around it so that your your loins are exposed. I actually, like, what is a loin? Like, I, when I think
0: of a loin... Yeah, it's I, like, what you you having for your dinner? I yeah. know, yeah. a
1: loin of beef or a loin of ham we kind of think of. But we, like, you have loins, I have loins. Yeah. We all have loins.
0: We should be open about that. We should be. So, so it, it was kind of, mm. if you like, this during the day you might be wearing what looks like a skirt in today's parlance but every now and again you could you could use your your girdle to tuck all that in so you could move more swiftly for whatever reason
1: yeah it actually looked more like shorts mm. um as opposed to a kilt because you brought the the tunic was so long you brought it through your legs and you wrapped each side around each leg so that was what a man did um, and you're basically covering your loins because the loin is the side of your torso stretching from your hip down to the top of your leg. That's what your loins are. Okay. And when you gird those loins, you are wrapping that tunic around so that you your legs are free to move really, really quickly if you need to run
0: or if you need to do some sort of manual work. That's what you're girding. Right. Okay. But it seems as if that that's one use of the girdle Were there were, were there lots more different uses for girdles.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think uh it's worth mentioning <clears throat> that the girdle, the birthing girdle was something that was very popular in uh the Middle Ages. There's one particular girdle um in the Welcome collection in London um which I had the good fortune to see a few years ago and this is an extraordinary relic, Sean. Um It's well documented that birthing girdles existed in the Middle Ages, but there's very few still in existence. This one is three metres long and it's made of sheepskin, right? Okay. And this would have been wrapped around the loins of a woman giving birth. And it had um, prayers from saints written on it, different charms. And this was to protect the mother during pregnancy, to deliver a a healthy baby. Mm. Obviously, Giving birth at that time was a very, very precarious endeavor, and um, this was a way. Now, it's amazing what archaeologists discovered: milk, honey, and egg on this birthing girdle. And they, it, it, this is just tremendous historical sleuthing, right? Yeah. <laughs> because those three things were fed to women while they were in labor in the ah, Middle Ages, right, because they okay. were thought to soothe the pain. Mm. Um, and blood, of course, as well. Now, when the Reformation happened, um, in fact, part of um, Henry VIII's orders were that the birthing girdle was banned. So what you see the rise of in the post-Reformation period, in at least in, in England, is the clandestine girdle. Which I'd never heard of before, because they were illegal. But they were really, really important part of something that a woman would
0: wear during childbirth. Right. Okay. And and they were banned because they were seen as some. Uh, expression they were seen of as Catholic. yes. Yeah. Wow. And and it's amazing that so few of those kinds of girdles survive. Then, if they if they were so common at the time.
1: I think they didn't survive because they were illegal. Um. But um. So. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the whole birth thing, girdle thing is a big deal. You know, we've got the girdle of Thomas in Prato in Florence, which is wheeled out a few times a year. But then in mythology and legend as well, we have um, the girdle Aphrodite, the goddess of love, lust and pleasure, to Hmm. give her her full title. (laughs) Same word three times, but (laughs) yes. yes. I know, Sean. Lust and love are two very different things. Um, Aphrodite was uh, gifted a girdle by Hephaestus. Can you imagine giving a woman a girdle as a gift? Mm. Anyway, uh, not a great look, is it? But she was so fond of her girdle because, famously, she used to wear her girdle for two reasons. First of all, she wore her girdle to write her poems.
0: As you do. Her yeah. poems
1: were no good when she wasn't wearing her girdle. They really sure. helped the literary process. Yeah. And she also famously wore her girdle very high in her bosom to accentuate her assets, to make her even lustier as
0: the goddess of lust. Right. Okay. So that's a completely different use for, yes. uh, uh, so for a girdle. Yes. we very different things here, Sean. Uh, now, in Rome, though, was it was it a sign of, of virtue, of virginity, I should say.
1: Yeah, it's funny that. Because yeah. we're, we're going to complete other end of mm. the spectrum. The bridal, uh, the bridal girdle was a big deal in ancient Rome. And I'd never heard of this before. But the morning that a girl was due to get wedded, um, she would put on her tunic as normal, a white tunic, but she would also put on her bridal girdle. Now, the bridal girdle was a sign of a bride's purity, of her virginity and it was very important that the girdle was tied using the knot of Hercules, which sounds like something that would be very difficult to prise open, Yes, Sean, and that's the whole point because the girdle was symbolic, almost like a chastity belt, you know, a chastity girdle uh, is another word that's used historically, oh, not right. just chastity yeah. belt. But the knot of Hercules was kind of symbolic of of locking in that virginity. And the idea was that um, the night of the the marriage, the new husband would, uh, would prize open that knot of Hercules and that he would be the first person to do that.
0: And was that a specific sort of knot?
1: Yes, yeah, it is. I've looked at it. Um, it's right a ve- It looks like a, a very difficult knot now to be opening. Uh, one can only imagine the the fumbling and fustering around the place to try and open that dress on the marital evening.
0: Yeah. Now, interestingly, though, when it comes to kind of closer to home. Yeah. Uh, and we started talking about girdles in you know the last hmm, five or six hundred years. It was a, it was a unisex item. Lots of people wore girdles.
1: Yeah, yeah, almost like a charlatan. Um, the girdle was something that acted very much like a belt, um, but it was wider than a belt, and it had more accommodation in us. What do I mean by that? It's kind of hard to to paint a picture, Sean. But a girdle was more than a belt in the sense that you could carry things in it. So it was almost like um, uh, Americans call them fanny packs. We call right. them bum, bum, bum bags. bags. Don't yes. yeah. Yeah. It was almost like a bum bag for want of use of a better term, right? So the way it would work is that, uh, let me give you a quotation, actually, because this gives you a great sense of how useful um, a girdle was in the 14th and 15th century. This is someone who said, give me my girdle and see that all the furniture be at it. Look at that cigars, pinchers, the penknife, the knife to close letters with, the bodkin, the ear picker be in it. So this person carried their own ear picker (laughs) <laughs> Whatever that does. Sounds I guess it's pretty implied what it does. <laughs> yeah. So they carried all those things in their girdle, right? Wow. So this was something that was quite weighed down. Now, I've looked at some historical prints and illustrations of this. <clears throat> and. It's extraordinary the amount of things that people would carry in it. One old newspaper said that the girdle was like a haberdasher's shop of small wares. So you can imagine almost like a a tool belt carrying all these things around with you. But it also also had a symbolism about it because people would carry their coins, their money in their girdle. Um, I'm just thinking an image of... Uh, Blackadder series two has come to mind that Edmund Blackadder carried a girdle with his monies in it, his coins, um, if that helps to paint a picture. But um, when a man went bankrupt or a woman went bankrupt in England during this period, they would be forced to remove their girdle in open court as a sign that they had forfeited their estate. That's how symbolic the girdle was as um,
0: a repository of a person's uh, wealth. OK, right. So you have a girdle, which is kind of like a utility belt, um, uh, sort of like what Batman has. But uh, and it, it's, did it become, a f- was it then a fashion item or did it, was it one of those things that kind of became less useful as time went by, but remained as a fashion item? It was
1: certainly a status. Uh, it certainly showed off your status, you know, depending on how decorative your girdle was. But certainly by the late 19th century, something happens to the girdle is that it becomes entirely internalised so that you don't see it anymore. Ah. And it's really extraordinary, Sean, the change that occurs between the 1890s and the 1920s in Western women's fashion. Because in the 1890s, the corset was everywhere. But by the 1920s, the corset has almost disappeared, really. And the girdle has replaced it. But the girdle has taken on a new meaning uh, really it has become about what we started this item talking about about redistributing fat around the torso mm. of the body and and um, it's no longer a male item it's it's no longer a male item as it as it often had been it was exclusively a female item you know for example there was a there's an advertisement for a 1923 girdle in america which says being slim may be a matter of pounds but looking slim is a matter of where those pounds are placed which is a really gives us a really interesting insight into what the function of the girdle had become it had very much become about displacing the the, the fat in that middle section mm-hmm. of the body to places where it was less obvious.
0: Right, it was about a slim waist. That it was, was about a thing. slim
1: waist. It was about turning your back on the hourglass figure, which had been produced by so successfully by the uh, the corset, and so aggressively and violently, really, such an uncomfortable <laughs> thing for women to wear, to the uh, girdle, which was increasingly making use and exploiting the emergence of new fabrics like nylon and elastic. Right. And suddenly you yeah. we were able to do all sorts of marvellous things with the loose bits, uh, shall we say. You know, companies like Playtex um, in the 1940s and 1950s were huge. I don't know if Playtex still exists, but that was a absolutely massive company. They were able to employ the likes of Zaza Gabor. Um, who was their model? Um, Zaza Gabor, of course, uh, the famous uh, Hungarian American actress. And she said for the advertising campaign, Fabulous is the word for the Playtex fabric lined girdle. You couldn't choose a better way to be
0: lithe. So lithe is really the key word there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and do they still exist then? Because I would have thought they were gone at this point.
1: Yeah. Foolishly. So, um my understanding is that girdles do still exist, uh Sean. Now, um I certainly am not an authority on this. Um we probably need some female female input here, but uh, I understand that things like this do exist, but they may not be called girdles anymore. Girdle is a very old-fashioned word with perhaps negative connotations. Yes, um, But okay. spanks and all these kind of things still
0: exist to yeah. perform pretty much a similar function. Yeah, because a, 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 a girdle... Yeah, so there's no, like, definition of what a girdle technically is, or at least what it should be made from at well, this stage.
1: Well, like, in the 1920s, when the girdle came into fruition with this function that I'm talking about, about slimming the body, like this, it's a quite a complicated contraption. Like this is something that you had to clip on to the top of your stockings, where the um, corset was very much the upper part of the torso you know the 1890s to the 1920s it's about moving down towards the bum and by the 1920s that girdle like it's really it's around the bum area and the the loins as well and the, the, the bottom of the torso so nowadays I don't think you'd have all those underpinnings and clippings as much as you used to have because uh, materials have advanced yeah. and we've got all sorts of elastic products that probably do the job
0: of those underpinnings in the first place. Which is, yeah, pretty much what um, spanks are uh, made of. D says, I read somewhere that uh, girdles were purported to have magical properties. Uh, somebody else wonders, was the bra born from the, gir- from the girdle? The bra has to be invented by a man. Uh, first thing I rip off when I get home. Shocking, uh, says uh, one texter. Uh, are there, yeah, I'd... I, many uh, women have we've kind of discussed that before many women like uh, 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 find huge relief in doing that uh, are there many historical girdles still in existence uh, the, well not many from the sounds well of the, the one in the Welcome collection which
1: is a fantastic museum in London has that medieval birthing girdle absolutely
0: yep yeah and St. Philometer's cord or girdle was worn by pregnant women as late as the 1950s Wow, okay. So, uh, that's been around for quite some time. And uh, there's a famous cider apple variety called Slackmas girdle. God knows what that means. But uh, um.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we should say, you know, that girdles, they do still exist for men as well. Um, some men do wear girdles, so they, you know, if you want to redistribute that Christmas waste, there, there is a girdle to
0: do that for you. Yeah, if any men, particularly, are listening, wearing their girdle right now, please send us a text to five three one zero six with an image. With an image. Simon, thanks, William, for coming into us. Simon Tierney, there. We're going to take a break. Back in a couple of minutes. Moncrief on News Talk, brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank?
1: Think again.